Hi there, and welcome back to I Hadn't Considered That. I am your host, Vanessa Torrey, and today I am having a conversation with my friend Matt Murphy, and it is a conversation I've been wanting to have for quite some time. I have known Matt for several years, and there is something about Matt that impresses the hell out of me and is something that I feel is such an admirable trait. And what that is, is the ability to show up and speak honesty and truth in support of people that are outside of our general demographic. And I think that the term that we generally use for this is that that person is an ally. And that is something that I have struggled with because I want to make sure that what I'm putting out there into the world in support of others is genuine and heartfelt and is perceived in the most supportive way that it can be. And while I may have insecurities about my ability to do that, I will tell you, Matt nails the landing on this. And it is such a beautiful thing to see when somebody shows up into a space that they have created in the name of support that invites other people into that space to join them there. And so today we are going to dig in to what it means to support others in a genuine way, how we get to that space and what it takes. We do a lot of talking about this in the framework of what it means to support women because Matt is somebody who executes this so well, where as a woman, as his friend, I feel like this man is on my side and in the most genuine way possible. I hope that you enjoy the conversation as much as I did. Hi, Matt. Hello. Thank you so much for joining me today. I'm so excited that we know we've been trying to plan this for a while, and I'm so glad that we finally get to have this conversation because... I think it's big and I think it's important. And I think that I just have a lot of things in my brain that I want to talk to you about. So first of all, you have great voice on social media. Your Facebook page is a, a just, a, it's a safe place. Okay. You, it's, it's a beautiful, safe place that you have created, but so much of that is just you. And you come through in that, that you are somebody that I think thinks deeply and that has a lot of ideas and opinions and are not afraid to share them. What has struck me so much over the years and seeing what you put out there is that you are a very staunch supporter of women. And I think that that is a game changer coming from a man. And so I wanna have a conversation today to talk a little bit about what that journey has been like for you, what that means for me, and what that means for anybody else, whether they share the same ideas, whether they don't, um, what fears we may have in putting ourselves out there, because I think it's a very courageous thing that you do to speak your mind. I think it's courageous when anybody speaks their mind. So I, I want to get some background on this. Okay. Tell me a little bit about how you got to the place where you recognized that there is a voice that you can lend to particularly supporting women. Okay. You know, I think more than anything, it really boils down to, I think it, as somebody who grew up in some relatively chaotic and sometimes abusive, uh, an abusive environment, I think as you get older, you have an opportunity to kind of dig in and kind of nuance to your own uh, bullshit, for lack of a better term, right? You can go in uh, 
And I like to say I had the opportunity. I like I was either going to end up in prison or I was going to work my shit out, right? So that sometimes it's very motivating. And I think that as you um, as you have opportunity really to dig in and to get connected with your own heart, get uh, the ability to start giving yourself grace. Like I like to say that grace is one of the the most important things I think we can develop as a characteristic or a way that we deal with people. And I think that a lot of times the person that that person that needs that grace first and foremost is ourself. So I think mm. as you start to uh, as you start to have a lot of humility about your own humanity, as you start to know yourself, as you start to unwind yourself, it's really easy to look at other people and to try to be compassionate to them. And you know, compassion is not always soft or fluffy. You know, sometimes it's even um, having compassion for yourself, maybe about a situation, or maybe choosing not to involve yourself in the situation relative to where something might be but i think as you start going down that path and start um understanding our own human nature understanding where people come from it's easy to look at other people and kind of go okay i can understand where you're coming from i can understand what you're going through and i think also as somebody who is working very hard to overcome you also start to kind of cheer on and encourage people if that makes any sense right because mm -hmm. you know as a kid i got bullied a lot or you know, and sometimes kids are not always very nice to each other. So you start to kind of like, to me, I think even the way that sometimes men can deal with women, whether to try to make them minimize themselves, to make themselves, to make the guys feel more comfortable or our culture feel more comfortable, or even some of the like casual sexual harassment. But I think people have gotten a lot less tolerant of it's a form of bullying, right? It's a form of um, making somebody else play smaller to um, make yourself feel better. And I think as mm -hmm. you start to, to care more about the world and to care more about um, the vibration and the resonance that you put into it, it's easy to be like, you know, fuck that. That's not, it's not okay. You know, even if you think about the, um, like the uh, Pledge of Allegiance, right? And I'm not okay. saying the Pledge of Allegiance is necessarily the best thing ever, whatever, you know, some countries look at us and go, oh, you guys, Pledge of Allegiance is your flag, that's weird. Okay, cool, <laughs> whatever, put that all off to the side. But if you think about the end of the Pledge of Allegiance and you say, with liberty and justice for all, right? So we're growing up, all these kids are like, yep, this is this is how it is. And then you look at the world and you're like, it's not how it is. Mm -hmm. So a little bit of background for me. Um, I did a lot of volunteer teaching when I was younger. And one of the guys I had been training martial arts, uh, we sat down one Saturday. He had hurt himself. So he's like, hey, we need to not train today. I'm like, well, let's go sit down and talk about it. You know, we don't usually do that. Usually we're punching and kicking and doing all this stuff. And it was interesting because um, we sat down and we talked for a few hours. And afterwards, he's like, uh, Sifu is like the Chinese name for teachers. Like Sifu, he's like, I thought today was going to be a waste. He's like, I learned so much from you today. And I think right around that time, I've got all these things swirling, swirling in my head. One of them is how much of opportunity am I missing to try to encourage people like if I go around every day and work and when I'm teaching and doing things, encouraging and helping people be stronger, like part of my whole drive to teach martial arts and to even volunteering to do that was what a great way to enable somebody to feel comfortable to take up their space, right? Oh, I love some, that. Even if somebody doesn't like them, well, cool. They could tell you to F off and if they need a punch in the mouth, they need a punch in the mouth. But, you know, just to be able to help, you know, young adults and women and, and men to, to feel more comfortable in their own skin and in their own safety. And even there's a huge growth component as well. So it really just got me thinking a lot about like, okay, you know, that's not the energy I need to be putting out in the world. Um, 
one other like kind of random fact to that. Uh, there was a period of time where I was going through a lot of stuff with my family, and we had a big court case going on, and it was about one of the, oh. one of the kids that gotten hurt by uh, my sister's ex spouse. And it was interesting because the more energy and hurt and kind of big feelings that were going on with that, I mean, that's a lot, right? And if you think about being an adult, being in the stressful fields, at the time I have no business, and I'm navigating all this stuff. There's opportunities, I think, especially coming from a, a toxic childhood, you can either self-destruct or you can figure out a better way to tran translate that energy, right? So what I found through that is the more in times of stress and in times of um, struggle for myself, the more that I tried to encourage people, the more the better I felt. And not in a selfish way, but it was like I'm taking these feelings and these emotions and what I'm going through in my own life. And I'm turning up the vibration, I'm turning up the signal, I'm turning up ways to be able to um, help and encourage other people. And it was really interesting because I did, I've gotten a lot of great feedback from people over the years. And, you know, people message me and be like, hey, you're, you know, I don't know what you're doing, but thank you for helping me. Or even I had a lady one time be like, hey, my husband died last year. And one of the things that's always kind of brightened my, my day is getting on your Facebook page and seeing the stuff that you share and the things that are going on. So it was very, uh, reaffirming and reinforcing that I was having the right voice in the world. Um, so I think I that's amazing. Long, long way around uh, uh, on some of your question, but uh, that's some of the background. That's incredible that you noticed that. And what I love about it is that you were able to feel the power from that, right? Like when we, when we are empathetic, when we have any sort of level of vulnerability, I think one of two things happens, right? We either get some sort of positive reinforcement or we get negative reinforcement. And that is going to be what dictates how we move forward. Okay. So if we put ourselves out there and we start, as you said, you know, upping that vibration and it resonates with people and it catches on with people and people appreciate it. That is a cue to us that what we're doing is good. Absolutely. But there's also the negative side of that as well, where I think that when you put yourself out there and you are vulnerable, there is always that risk and that chance of it not being taken the right way. But what I'm hearing from you is it's you had a persona that you were sharing with the world that wasn't who you wanted to be or who how you wanted to be perceived and then shifting over to the other side of aligning that with who I am and how I want to be seen and you've owned it which is yeah. incredible and I think that one of the things that I've seen in conversations that I've had with people is that there's either a lack of knowledge or self-awareness or there's a fear of delving into what is outside of them. So people may see something on the news, right? And this happens all the time with things that were fed, information that were fed, facts that were fed. So connecting it back to um, anything related to women, we see stories, the damn fiasco of the Amber Heard Johnny Depp court case. I think 
there isn't a single person that knew what to feel about this. And we're in like overload because it was everywhere all the time, this insane trial. And I could watch it for like 13 seconds. And I'm like, this is, this is not a healthy thing for anybody to be watching. But it come to this conversation of, well, do we believe him? Do we believe her? Like we're supposed to be supporting and believing women but I don't seem to believe this woman. And here's a man who's been abusive. We get information overload. We don't know how to process it. And so I think that people will just back away from coming to a place of striving to understand human behavior. Has there been at any time, and this is what I'm really curious about, what is the response that you get from men when you post something that is in? Radical support of women. Yeah, and I think the thing that's uh, good, bad, or otherwise about it, especially people that, um, you know, because there's, there's different nuances to our interactions, right? Some people know us on Facebook. Some people mm-hmm. know us in real life. And, you know, I would say that a lot of the people that um, I'm Facebook friends with are more real life people. And I think a lot of them know that know me well enough that I genuinely don't give a fuck if they want to be confrontational or be like oh you're being fill in the blank whatever kind of term you want to use to try to knock me down um i think that's one of the the beautiful things about the martial arts like one of the the so a long long time ago i'm kicking around at work and uh you know it's it was kind of i had to deal with this guy that i didn't get along with very well but he was also my boss right so I, you know, as I'm walking around and I'm like, well, I got to have this conversation with this guy. And I'm like, he's going to be a jerk. And I'm like, all right, so what's the worst thing that could happen? So you start, so I call it ridiculous worst case scenario. So I'm like, okay, let's say I talk to this guy and he yells at me. Well, I've been yelled at before. That's fine. Okay. But what if I talk to this guy and he gets mad and he tries to punch me? And I'm like, well, I really like punching. So he tries to punch me. That's fine. All right. Well, what happens if uh, he gets really mad? And he stabs me in the eye with a pencil. And I'm like, well, if he stabs me in the eye with a pencil, I'll be dead. And then I don't have to worry about it. So ergo, I don't have to worry about it. Because you know, worst case the worst case scenario is I don't have I'd be dead. I don't have to worry about it. And sometimes it's just kind of a reminder to yourself to be like, okay, in the big scheme of things, this is all super survivable. Mm-hmm. You know, likelihood nothing is really gonna happen that's bad. So I think sometimes just even kind of giving yourself permission to be brave. And permission uh-huh. to kind of, to your point about your fox field, like, you know what, I'm going to go, I'm going to put myself out there in a, a respectful and professional manner, manner. And if somebody wants to take um, issue with that, so kind of to circle back on your point, I think in general, it's been kind of two camps for the most part. People haven't said too much. Um, I have had some people kind of look off to me and if we have to have some interactions behind the scenes to help them understand that that's not okay or that whatever. I'm happy to do that too. But I think in general, um, people, and I have had some people be like, well, I don't follow your page because I don't need to be inspired. I don't need, you know, whatever, blah, blah, blah. But a lot of times I think the people that are going to turn away from that, like, let's say even the, even if, let's say, like, for example, part of the reason why I decided to start being more intentional about my Facebook uh, persona was I had a light and I had it under this basket, you know, like the Bible talks about that, putting a, a light under a bushel or whatever. But like I have this thing to 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 give to the world, and I've been generously given to through like my Chinese martial arts teaching and philosophy and all this stuff. I have all these really cool things to share that are tools for people. 
So when I'm not opening my mouth, when I'm not letting my, my, my light shine, I'm just kind of being a coward, right? I'm being inauthentic. Mm -hmm. I'm being, I'm grateful for what I shared. So I think some people will naturally turn away from that or be like, well, I know you blah, blah, blah. Try to be, you know, like, I don't know. I had a little interesting interaction with, uh, somebody that I'm related to one time. And I'm like, this guy's really kind of a dipshit anyway. So fuck him, excuse my language. Um, but, uh, but yeah, so I don't know. I think it's, it's been varied, but in general, most people that I know, I either have curated friends well, or they don't want to bug me about it or they're on board. So here's what's interesting that I find in the response that people get, um, specifically talking about anything regarding gender or there being any sort of gender inequality because I'm a very open and very loud feminist and I don't mean that as a bad thing when I say I'm a loud feminist it means that I'm using my voice yeah it means that I'm speaking my truth and it is I feel my obligation like you've mentioned, like, if I can attempt to use my voice to make the world a better place, why the hell would I not want to do that? Is Absolutely. it sometimes uncomfortable? Absolutely. Do people sometimes fire back? Sure. When I, as a woman, speak out against injustice that I feel that I have experienced, mm -hmm. it, it's real. It's my experience. I get to own it. Yep, Nobody yep, gets to yep. tell me that what I felt was wrong or not existent. And I think that I have a hard time with that when people try to diminish any experience that I've had, because if I'm going to talk about it, clearly it's because it meant something to Absolutely. me. But I feel like when men have conversations where they will point out the same inequality, right? So you take the pay gap. When a man speaks out about acknowledging that there's a pay gap, it's somehow different. And I don't know if it's a the calls coming from inside the house kind of thing. I have always been a big proponent of um, smashing the patriarchy is yeah, not yeah. something that follows that falls solely on the shoulders of women. 100%. And dismantling that benefits both genders. What are your thoughts on that as far as your ability to affect change or hit something inside somebody else, particularly other men that I can't Yeah, like there's, you have a very different voice than I do. Absolutely. Well, and if you think about it, I think men and women are indoctrinated differently, right? If you think about it, cause functionally, if you think about the way that people are raised, it's almost like there are constructs that done correctly, like the rules we place on children, really, you know, we put them, we have them do certain things to keep them safe, to keep them structured, to, you know, keep them from running in the street and getting hit by cars, whatever. But then they get older and they can kind of do what they want because it was really just a construct for a short period of time. But then you get some traditions around it and you get some control around it and you get some things like that. And suddenly we've got these very hierarchical, very rigid things that uh, people are indoctrinated into and that when you push against it, it's suddenly you're challenging people's own sense of reality, right? Because they haven't mm. figured out that the box doesn't exist. It's like, we got to make up all the rules. Like, there wasn't like a big old rule book when the planet started that's like, hey, humans, it has to be like this. And I think part of the challenge that we run into is, in general, um, 
in a lot of our culture, women are kind of expected to stay in their lane, right? And they're expected to, you know, it's like a guy can have a voice because of course guys have voices. Like, but whoa, if you're a lady, you know, I can see some people being like, well, you just, you know, that's not your purpose to be thinking or speaking or blah, blah, blah. And they might not be that brazen about it, but I think even, even thinking back to my, uh, my own family, my sister at one point was like, I'm going to go to school to be a bartender. She's in her young 20s. And I remember my family, my mom, my grandfather, I'm sorry, my grandmother, my dad being like, well, girls don't do that. And it's like, what do you mean girls don't do that? Like they were what? like, that's not okay for you to do. And it's stupid, right? And it's uh-huh. bullshit. And even your point about the patriarchal or some people like to think about it, colonial, whatever. It's it's all just a bunch of made up bullshit. So did you realize that when that when that comment was made? Did you realize at that point that it was bullshit? Because I feel like, as we mentioned, like there's something that happens that compels people to say, I don't want to believe this. There are people that I know that have grown up in very stifling homes where gender roles were very much assigned, where there was a clear role between mom and dad and son or daughter goes off and and that is not how they think or even people who grow up in households that are racist and they escape that and they are free thinking which creates this sense of allyship but i think that there's got to be something on some level that says that flips this switch and says no i i don't think that i'm going to fall in line with this and do you recall anything that was sort of the moment of, wait a minute, this isn't right. I don't know that I, I, I necessarily have a specific moment that I, um, in relation necessarily to men and women, um, I wouldn't say that there was a specific time, but I think you brought up a point earlier just about sometimes people don't know or they haven't been exposed, right? Mm-hmm. So sometimes even the nuance of what goes into somebody's brain who is a avid reader versus somebody who's never ever going to pick up a book i think we tend to grow our brains different if that makes mm. sense. yeah so, say more about that what do you mean that we tend well, to grow our brains different well even if you think about the stimulation that we get from consuming you know different books from different people being an avid avid person that wants to learn and grow going and exploring let's say other cultures or you know, being interested in something outside of the the good old America, you know, uh, beers and trucks and, you know, Daisy uh, Duke uh, shorts, you know, but having that interest to go ahead and, and expand your brain towards the, the everyday of what you do. I think, I think that has a lot to do with, with people's ability to start because at some point it really boils down to, were you a kid that was raised kind of quit carrying past the end of your nose? Did your parents get you to at least kind of pay attention and think about other people? And I do have, I think, the benefit of, I was thinking about this earlier, um, I never have been somebody that thought that women weren't as smart as men because my sister's really smart, my mom's very smart. So I grew up around some very strong, you know, like strong, capable, my, my mom was very capable, very strong, uh, accomplished woman. So for me, it never was like, well, women need to be inferior to men or whatever. And even though maybe my dad's side of the family might not necessarily have felt that same. So um, I think some of it's just about what you're exposed to. Yeah, the nature versus nurture side of that. But I think that what you mentioned about sort of a natural curiosity, right? That we can, there's so much information out there that we have access to. 
And we can do one of two things. We can either lean into it, get curious and challenge our own thoughts. But I think the other side of that becomes the confirmation bias. Okay. And things can go either way very quickly. But there's always going to be that loophole where we can find whatever information there is out there that's going to justify how we feel, which kind of goes back to the idea of supporting women or being an ally to any group in finding out that information and saying, okay, I need to see this from a lens that I don't have. But to your point, empathy takes courage. And especially if that challenges somebody's entire worldview. Yeah, 100%. So I'm interested in what your interactions are with other men. But your conversation that you had with the gentleman that you were practicing martial arts with, where he said, I thought that this was going to suck. I didn't think I was going to enjoy this. Do you feel that that men have that space to, to want to enter into the conversation? Because I don't know how to start some conversations around this with men, because I think that as a woman, I feel scared to have the conversation. I have fears that if I offer information that challenges a man's worldview regarding how men and women function together in society, I feel like that is not going to go over well. And a lot of times I will bite my tongue and whether it's somebody making an off-colored joke, I think we've yeah, all been sure. sort of in that yeah, yeah. situation, right? Somebody makes a sexist joke. And as a woman standing there, right, you and I are, are both on the receiving end. We both hear this joke. It's different if I call him out than if you call him out. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So it's interesting. I have an agreement with myself about if I have strong feelings about something, let's say it's a strong emotion of anger or hurt or fill in the blank, maybe being scared. Um, sometimes. So I think typically underlying any one of our own emotions, you sometimes you have to just, I call it flipping rocks. Like, let's go look what's underneath that. Let's go figure out what's sure. underneath that, right? So let's say I'm feeling, uh, let's say I met somebody, I really like them, I'm connecting with them, but I'm a little bit tentative because I'm like, uh, and it's kind of tangential to your point, but I think it does have some parallels. Um, it might be that I have a genuine concern about this person in general, or maybe it's I have a, a, um, a concern because of a childhood trigger. You know what I mean? And so what I find a lot of times, I like to call it sometimes like even trying on an emotion if I'm working through it. It's like, okay, well, get kind of in the headspace, spend some time with it and be like, oh, well, is it specifically this? And how does that feel? Okay, let's put that away. Or let's take a different thing. Is it specifically this? And a lot of times I think you can start strip, like kind of nuancing around that. And that may even be, be uh you know, even your own concern about that might be relative to even the way somebody else treated you or made you feel mm -hmm. like, hey, I don't feel like I have a voice because my inner me doesn't feel like they have a voice. Like maybe there was a time that that got hurt or that got um, stifled or that got, or maybe you had a bad experience with somebody um, previously, you know, because it doesn't always have to necessarily like tie back to our childhood. But um, that's the thing that I would probably do in exploring that just to figure out that. And sometimes it's even 
just got to maybe be like, all right, this is going in the, the no fucks bucket. You know, I'm going to say this and I'm going to see what this person does. Or maybe even saying like, I will choose to set up scenarios where I know somebody is around you has my back. So at least mm-hmm. I can test my own expressions of this in a way that I feel like I'm going to be safe in, or at least have a good uh, ally in. So yeah, that's my only thought on that. There's a lot of conversation that women want to have specifically with men. I, I think that what so much of any group feeling like they have a voice and wanting their voice yeah. to be heard, it's not about being loud. It's about being understood. And I think what's hard for me, and I, I'm, I'm speaking, you know, hopefully yeah. not out of turn for, for women, but goddamn, we're just tired. Yeah. We're tired. And it's having the same conversation and have to defend the same things over and over again. It's like there's this great discrepancy in relationships between the amount of labor that women do and the amount of labor that men do. And so the answer to that is not to do it anymore, just to say no. But that sounds really scary because if we say no, then it's just not going to get done. And so, but I, when I've talked to friends of mine that I see that are frazzled because they are taking on more than they should because yeah. they're a woman, yeah. whether it's work, whether it's home. And I said, why do you, why do you keep doing this? And I get a very similar response more times than not, which is I'm tired of arguing. Yeah. I'm just tired of having the conversation as women, we are taught that if we have an idea or a thought, particularly at work, and we pitch it and it falls flat and nobody signs on to what we're saying, go find a man, tell him your idea, give your idea to him, let him present it, and then everyone's going to love it. That's sad, though. You know, oh, I think it's, it's so sad. It's like I said, it's got to be exhausting. And I think it's um, maybe it even all boils down to women participating differently. Okay, how so? Well, even if you just think about um, the nuance of culture and the nuance of uh, being in a space that embraces authenticity and being in a a space that uh, embraces uh, inclusion and diversity and equity, sometimes it's even a matter of being like, hey, maybe this space isn't my space, right? Because sometimes the thing that we have the most, I like to say, I only have control of a couple of things. I have control of my actions and I have control of my participation or not choosing to participate. Mm. And sometimes maybe it's even just a matter of being like, hey, we really don't like this thing. So maybe we need to start new things or be entrepreneurial or, you know, go and figure out who the people in the in the organization are that um, that vibe with that. And obviously it's not entirely that simple. But I think there is a lot more going on in that space. Sometimes people even just need to know, like, hey, I, um, so like my sister just started working for an organization not too long ago. And part of her draw for going there was that it was an organization focused on helping women who had maybe been out of the workforce for a while get back in the workforce. And she's like, that's my mission. I can go and do that. Um, But even understanding, like, hey, there are organizations out there. Um, mm-hmm. that care a lot about that kind of stuff and are getting it. And maybe it's even just being a matter of like, hey, give the, the middle finger to the place you've been. Look for a place that will have more 
uh, recognition for your value and space for you to take up. And it's all about taking up our own space, right? And just even being willing to say, sometimes our, our best answer is to not participate and to go find somewhere else to be. Yeah, I like what you say about the, the taking up of space because it is literal and figurative. I mean, without a doubt, when it comes to to men and women, because women are raised to be small. And so our space becomes much smaller yep. than men who are told that they can have and do anything. Yep, yep. Right. So men expand their space. So then it comes down to, into a question of how do we invite people into the space that we have because it, then it's shared. Right. Like I feel like there is the dividing line of this is my space. This is your space. You can't come into mine, which comes into the women's issues or women's issues. Like, yeah. why is a man, why is a man, do I have to get involved in that? Yeah. But let them, let them do that. But again, the strength comes from men having that voice and stepping into that space which kind of gives me thought into, or makes me consider there's a space that men have that is a little bit terrifying for them. That is the holdback, perhaps what we're doing, what I'm asking men to do and what you're doing takes a certain level of self-awareness and awareness of one's emotions. So much of yeah. what you have said ties back to you spend a lot of time in touch with your emotions, which praise Jesus. Thank you, Matt, for just being that dude. Right. Because I don't know a whole lot of men who just sit with their emotions and try to process that. So there's a double-edged sword here, right? Men are raised to not address the emotions. And as women, we're vying for them. Right. We want men to feel the emotions, but are we as women creating the safe space for men to do that? So there's a chain of events. If yeah. we want support from men, we need them to step into a place of empathy. But are we creating a safe place for men to have that empathy? Don't you think in general, though, that's because it's even almost like to the you know, and men and women are different. I don't know how you feel about like the nature sometimes of masculinity and femininity, not in a toxic fashion, but just, I think by nature, because I think in general, women tend to, to be nurturing. You typically won't run into a woman who is not nurturing enough. Not saying it doesn't happen, <laughs> right. but I think even, um, you know, I think the big picture thing of that is understanding that if somebody is not comfortable with a man being in a space where he can control or under, like experience his emotion. That person's toxic. You know what I mean? Some and I, you know even just to say, well, because it's kind of the excuse of it. You know, like, oh well, I did this and this one girl did this thing, so now I'm not, I can't do that because a woman who obviously represented all of human womanness. You know, I had this bad experience, so I can't do that. I think a lot of it too, though, uh, boils down to um just even those conversations with the men women are raising you know uh with mm. their spouses right with their because women i think have a lot more uh subtle power than i think that they they might always realize you know just mm. in the way that they uh 
move through the world. And even mm-hmm. just being able to raise raise boys and girls that understand that to uh, challenge their partners to, you know, and it's tough because we're all evolving, right? And the partner and conversation you might have when you're 20 might be a very different conversation at 30 and 40 and 50. But that also may boil down to the the point you're making earlier about why are you putting up with that and then also choosing to participate, right? Because at some point when we're enabling shitty behavior, that's something I think that's beautiful right now about this time in the world where women, I think, are taking a lot more of their own power for earning and for independence and for, you know, uh, doing whatever the fuck they want, which I think is a beautiful thing. So, I'm a big fan of doing whatever the fuck we want. <laughs> you should. You should. <laughs> Absolutely. And it's... um the recognition of women's subtle power. I I hadn't thought about that. And you're right. There is a way for us to take these parts of us as women that are not again, necessarily innate, but we're raised to be caring. We're raised to be nurturers and furthering a conversation by leveraging that is powerful. Yeah. Right. Being soft doesn't have to mean weakness. And I had this conversation with Yael Wolf, who was on the podcast a couple of weeks ago, where she had spent some time leaning into her own softness as a woman in femininity, because it, we are raised to be soft, but at the same time, we are told that being soft is less than. So we're, it's to, which is totally counterproductive, right? Yeah. Like you are raised to be this way, but we want to let you know also that nobody appreciates it, right? Right. So to create that appreciation, and man, boy moms, God, they got a hard job. Man, you are very fortunate to have a strong mom that could be a role model for you. And praise your mama. I mean, good job, mom. Um, to set a solid example, but I, I mean, I have one girl and being a girl mom is a whole other thing for being a, than being a boy mom. But I think it also goes back to the conversation that men are having with their sons yeah. as well. Yeah. Right. Like it's the double edged sword of like the dress code. Yeah. Right girls have to cover up because boys can't be you know held responsible for what their urges are when they see girls in tank tops right so the conversation is had with the girls rather than the boys and that is there's a role for moms to play there as well um i I firmly believe that this conversation and about being an ally for someone is a two-way road right i can't ask you matt to support me as a woman and to meet me on this road and to walk with me and say be a supporter stand up for me say things that i don't necessarily always feel comfortable saying and bring things to the table that need to be talked about if i'm not doing that for you And so I guess maybe the last question that I have is what can women do for men to open up and expand that space 
where they feel good and comfortable about providing us that support? How do we make it easier for men to support us? Because we want it, but we want you to feel good about it. That's a, a fair, very fair, fair point. You know, I wonder if there's a certain aspect to it of, um, you know, even the encouragement of a space where you are making it safe for somebody to be authentic and to be, um, to grow. And I mean, like in good ways, like even, even I'll say for myself, even myself giving, so one day I'm driving around and I'm thinking about this stuff and I'm really kind of upset about it. I do a lot of thinking while I'm driving and I was like, why am I, why do I feel so strongly about this? Um, and it was interesting because I had like a light bulb moment and it's like, well, dumbass, you're passionate. And it was like, once I gave myself permission to be passionate, I'm like, oh, this is great. I really like being passionate because I'm good at it. But I think even just kind of opening space for people to, um, you know, uh, talk, to um, grow, to be authentic, to feel. Maybe that's a lot of it, too. Just making it a safe space to feel. Because I think that as the more that people grow, and I'm just hoping, but the more people grow and the more that they're diving into their own authenticity, I think there's a lot of humbling or maybe even, maybe not even, maybe softening, maybe, um, maybe even as they learn how to nurture themselves, it becomes much more natural to want to try to nurture a lot of people. And I don't know, I think also, unfortunately, um, the flip side, I think, is that, you know, I think we like to talk a lot about good or bad or, you know, morals or different things. I think, unfortunately, the nature of people is to be self-motivated or self, they, they do things that is in their own self-interest. So sometimes it's even just about finding good people to have those conversations with and creating that community. Because even mm -hmm. I think there's an aspect, right? Because I think there's a lot more people that have some feelings about that than maybe always know. But sometimes they're just a matter of finding their tribe, right? And finding mm -hmm. those, those places where they can go and where, you know, everybody is celebrated and everybody is encouraged and everybody is loved. Because some fundamentally, this is all just about that human aspect of connection and encouragement and you know because space is infinite like it never you're not gonna you know take any space like there's there's not a competition for the space there's not a, a competition for authenticity right even encouraging people and being like hey like i like to tell people i'm like um i'm just gonna be me everybody else is taken right uh -huh. somebody probably even <laughs> a favorite a famous quote somewhere i think even just making it okay for people to take up that space and then also just being okay too and because there's some people it's tough right to say like hey you know to make space for men to talk fuck men talk a lot they kind of they talk all the time for yes so you know and sometimes you just want to shut up and listen but it also is about people being seen and people being heard and people being valued and um sometimes even that ability to be soft with each other yeah yeah that's that's incredible because it's it's a beautiful place to be in. And so I like the idea of just the encouragement of it. And I commend you for the work that you've done on yourself you. um, in just growing into being a wholehearted person. And so I guess if we're going to leave on any point, it is that I 
appreciate anybody who can lean into their own sense of empathy and vulnerability, which you've just done beautifully. Thank you. And it's wonderful and it's refreshing. And so I, I thank you for Absolutely. standing up and saying what needs to be done. And I think the best thing to come out of that and what I appreciate and what I hope people take away from this conversation is it's not scary. Like no harm has befallen you for standing up and being an ally for anybody. Only good comes out of it. Yeah. And I think you're a testament to that. Thank you. You know, one thing I would say is I think if you think about any characteristic you want to develop as a practice, whether it's kindness or patience or compassion or even bravery, right? More, it's like working out at the gym, right? The more you give those muscles a go, the better then stronger they get. So even just, you know, like since sometimes it does suck to be brave. And I won't say that I've always necessarily uh, not had a whole field full of fucks. You know, I will say, you know, because I wasn't raised in the family that taught me how to take up my space. You know, I think most people are not. So uh, even just encouraging other people. And I think too, even like I said earlier, when we were talking about how do we, how do we encourage people in certain environments? Like one of the things I love about where I work right now Everybody's got a voice, man, woman, turtles, chickens, whatever. <laughs> Everybody's got a voice. I'm trying to be funny, but um, but even just I think even being an ally to people in the workspace and stuff, and just being like, hey, you know, I know sometimes it's hard to be brave. You're new. Just wanted you to know that I got your back. And and so I think in general, most people will handle that well, and some people won't. And hopefully, we all learn. And then, you know, and it's all survivable. So yeah. And thank you. Well, thank you. Thank you so much for joining me in this conversation today. And um, it was some good food for thought. I really appreciate your time and sitting with me and sharing your thoughts. And I hope that it encourages other folks to do a little bit more self-exploration. And I think it just takes practice to, to do this. You practice yeah. a little bit of empathy and courage and bravery. And it grows, it compounds at the snowball effect. So Absolutely. keep rolling the snowball, my friend. Keep rolling Thanks. the snowball. One last All thought right. real quick too is, sure. um, you know, one thing that I think could be a good enabler of that is there's a lot of really good traditional Chinese energy work. Mm. And it's interesting because sometimes in life as we're navigating different things, like when we have a trauma or a hurt, like we get a little bit of energy caught up there. That's why when you think about it, it's still got a lot of power, right? And as mm. we're... Um, working through energy work and working through those things. Sometimes it gives us the capability to set that stuff free. And that I think the more that we have that energy back, the more that we have our own uh, wounds tended to, the more energy we have for growth and for, for things like that. And then uh, last but not least, I want to say thanks for the good work. I think you're doing good stuff and hopefully be in that light that's going to help people grow and change. And uh, thank you so much for, uh, asked me to join today it was a uh, it was like wow that's really cool so i appreciate it oh i appreciate the conversation you're so awesome thank you you too thank you so much for joining us today new episodes launch every monday so i hope you'll be back if you enjoyed this podcast there's several ways to show your support first by rating the podcast and leaving a review you help others to find great content 
Second, if you're looking for further connection, consider becoming a patron of the podcast, where you'll have a fun and interesting way to connect with others and even get more information on perspectives and things you may not have considered. Lastly, please share this podcast with a friend. The number one way that podcasts reach more people is through sharing and word of mouth. I appreciate you and your beautiful open mind. See you soon.